Letter forty seven of Letters from Egypt by Lady Lucy Duff Gordon. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. To Mrs. Austin, Cairo, October twenty first, eighteen sixty four. Dearest Mutter, I got your letter yesterday. I hope Alec got mine of two weeks ago before leaving, and told you I was better. I am still rather weak. However, I ride my donkey, and the weather has suddenly become gloriously dry and cool. I rather shiver with the thermometer at seventy-nine degrees. Absurd, is it not? But I got so used to real heat. I never wrote about my leaving Luxor or my journey, for our voyage was quite tempestuous after the first three days, and I fell ill as soon as I was in my house here. I hired the boat for six purses, eighteen pounds, which had taken Greeks up to Aswan selling groceries and strong drinks, but the Rais would not bring back their cargo of black slaves to dirty the boat, and picked us up at Luxor. We sailed at daybreak, having waited all one day, because it was an unlucky day. As I sat in the boat, people kept coming to ask whether I was coming back, very anxiously, and bringing fresh bread, eggs, and things as presents, and all the quality came to take leave and hope, inshallah, I should soon come home to my village safe, and bring the master, please God, to see them, and then to say the fatah for a safe journey and my health. In the morning the balconies of my house were filled with such a group to see us sail, a party of wild abada with their long Arab guns and flowing hair, a Turk elegantly dressed, Mohammed in his decorous brown robes with snow-white turban, and several fellaheen. As the boat moved off, the Ababda blazed away with their guns, and Osman Effendi with a sort of blunderbuss, and as we dropped down the river there was a general firing, even Todorus, Theodore, the Coptic Malim, popped off his American revolver. Omar keeping up a return with Alec's old horse-pistols, which are much admired here on account of the excessive noise they make. Poor old Ishmaeen, who always thought I was Madame Balzoni, and wanted to take me up to Abu Simbel to meet my husband, was in dire distress that he could not go with me to Cairo. He declared he was still shadid, strong enough to take care of me and to fight. He is ninety-seven, and only remembers fifty or sixty years ago, and old wild times, a splendid old man, handsome and erect. I used to give him coffee and listen to his stories, which had won his heart. His grandson, the quiet, rather stately Mohammed, who is guard of the house I lived in, forgot all his Muslim dignity, broke down in the middle of his set speech, and flung himself down and kissed and hugged my knees and cried. He had got some notion of impending ill luck, I found, and was unhappy at our departure, and the bakshish failed to console him. Sheikh Yusuf was to come with me, but a brother of his just wrote word that he was coming back from the Hajaz, where he had been with the troops, and where he is serving his time. I was very sorry to lose his company. Fancy how dreadfully irregular for one of the ulema and a heretical woman to travel together! What would our bishop say to a parson who did such a thing? We had a lovely time on the river for three days, such moonlight nights, so soft and lovely, and we had a sailor who was as good as a professional singer, and who sang religious songs, which I observe excite people here far more than love-songs. One which began, Remove my sins from before thy sight, O God, was really beautiful and touching, and I did not wonder at the tears which ran down Omar's face. A very pretty, profane song, which was, Keep the wind from me, O Lord, I fear it will hurt me. Wind means love, which is like the simoom, Alas, it has struck me, and I am sick. Why do you bring the physician? 
O physician, put back thy medicine in the canister, for only he who has hurt can cure me. The masculine pronoun is always used instead of she in poetry out of decorum, sometimes even in conversation. October 23rd. Yesterday I met a Saidi, a friend of the brother of the sheikh of the wild Ababda, and as we stood handshaking and kissing our fingers in the road, some of the Anglo-Indian travellers passed and gazed with fierce disgust. The handsome Hassan, being black, was such a flagrant case of a native. Mutter, dear, it is heart-breaking to see what we are sending to India now. The male days are dreaded. We never know when some outrage may not excite Mussulman fanaticism. The English tradesmen here complain as much as any one, and I, who, as the Qadi of Luxor said, am not outside the family, of Ishmael, I presume, hear what the Arabs really think. There are also crowds like lice, as one Mohammed said, of low Italians, French, etc., and I find my stalwart Hassan's broad shoulders no superfluous port respect in the Frangi quarter. Three times I have been followed and insolently stared at, a monage, and once Hassan had to speak. Fancy how dreadful to Muslims! I hate the sight of a hat here now. I can't write more now, as my eyes are weak still. Omar begs me to give you his best salam, and say, Inshallah, he will take great care of your daughter, which he most zealously and tenderly does. End of letter 47. Read by Sibella Denton. All LibriVox files are in the public domain. For more information, please visit LibriVox.org.